a family dinner, and then we would always be able to open up a few gifts at Christmas Eve. How many of you guys are able to open up a gift or two at Christmas Eve? Raise your hand. A few of you? Awesome. Yeah, and then we, so we would open up our gifts, and then we would go to our church's Christmas Eve service at 9 o'clock, and it was just always so special. It was just so memorable, and I loved it. And we'd have this huge candlelight service, and it was awesome. So anybody going, uh, anybody leaving here and going home and cooking dinner tonight? Anybody? How many of you guys have already had dinner? All right, some of you, some of you. How many of you guys are going to go home and open up some presents tonight? We got, we got some excitement on that one. We got some excitement on that. Who here, who here enjoys getting presents? Don't lie. Come on. Right. Yeah. Who, who, here, who here enjoys giving presents? All right. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's awesome whenever you buy that special gift uh, for somebody and, and they totally were not, they're not expecting it. Like you, you, it's a surprise and you bought it and you're thinking to yourself, man, this is going to be the best gift ever. And when you, you can't wait to give it to them because they're going to be so surprised and they're going to be totally shocked about it. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I have knocked this out of the park, you know. And then when they get that present, man, they open up that gift, and they're so excited. Isn't that an awesome feeling when you do that for somebody? Like whenever you give somebody a gift, and they're totally unexpected, or they're, they're surprised by it, and they are so excited. I mean, it's just an awesome feeling. It's an awesome feeling. And so I would agree with you guys that I think it's much, much better, uh, much more joy, much more delight in giving gifts than it is uh, to receiving gifts. Hands down, it's the best part of Christmas. But I also think that the best part of Christmas is, uh, now that I have kids, is being able to watch them open up their presents at Christmas time, right? I mean, they get super, I mean, they're bouncing off the walls, they're going crazy, right? And I love watching them. I get joy and delight out of watching my kids open up presents. Now, the cool thing is I've got an almost one-year-old. He's going to be one years old uh, on the uh, 31st of this month. Uh, we, we got him just in time last year before the, for the tax break. That was awesome. We, uh, we celebrated that for sure. But, um, but the cool thing about him is we can just set some wrapping paper down in front of him, and he's cool with that, right? I mean, he's, like, he's, he's going to town on wrapping paper. That's awesome. Now, our four-year-old, uh, we've got we to be a little bit more creative than that. But, but I just get so much joy and delight out of seeing my kids. You guys do that? You just get joy and delight out of seeing your kids open up presents. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? What if I told you that the wonderful message of Christmas story, the message of God sending his son to earth to dwell among us in the flesh and then ultimately going to the cross to rescue us from sin and death is connected to the, to the delight and joy in the heart of God? What if I told you that it delighted God that God was happy, that it brought God joy, that he delighted in it to send his son, Jesus, to the cross. What would you think about that? It delighted God to send Jesus to the cross. It's true. There's this prophet in the Old Testament, his name is Isaiah, and this is what he writes in the 53rd chapter, verse 10. You can write this down. And this is what it says. It says, but the Lord 
was pleased. The Lord was pleased. The Lord was pleased. That word can also be translated delight, joy. The Lord was pleased to crush him, Jesus, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Now, I want us to try and wrap our minds around this and open our hearts to this radical thing that Isaiah is communicating to us in this verse. How could it be that God the Father would find joy and delight in crushing and the grief of his son. How is that possible? I think we would all agree that we desire the best for our kids, right? I mean, we desire the best for our kids. If your kids are hurt, you hurt with them. I'll never forget, man, my very first girlfriend I ever had. I know that's surprising. I did have a girlfriend uh, in, 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 in middle school and high school. And so the very first girlfriend I ever had, man, she broke my heart. I remember she broke up with me. And my mom's here tonight. I don't know if you remember this or not. But I remember when she broke up with me, I absolutely bawled in the shower. I was sobbing. I was heartbroken. Do you remember that? And you were hurt with me, weren't you? It hurt you that I was hurt. We, we do everything and anything to protect our kids from danger. We do this because we love them. We, we pray for them. We pray that their lives would be free from difficulty. That God would, would give them success. We have a verse that's written above my oldest child's bed, uh, Jude, uh, from the book of Jude, verse 1. And it simply says, it simply reads, May God be kind to you. May He give you peace. May He love you very much. That's the heart of a parent. I mean, you would never want anything like what is being described in this passage to ever happen to your children. Never. So the question that we have to ask is this, what could be so powerful, what could be so motivating in the heart of God that He would be willing, even find delight in subjecting His Son to this horrible thing? And the answer is love. The answer is love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. Love. Faithful, redeeming, rescuing love. God looked at this broken world. He saw our broken hearts. He saw the separation between Himself and mankind, and He was motivated to move in and rescue us. That's what the Christmas message is about that God sent Jesus in the flesh to dwell among us, that the message of Christmas is about God, listen to me, it's about God pursuing you. It's about God pursuing you. Pursuing you for a relationship. He wants to rescue you from yourself. He wants to rescue you from your sin so that the fruit of that rescue will be a relationship with Him. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came to earth and put on flesh to pursue us. That's love. That's love. You see, God's delight was not in those particular moments of the suffering of His Son, but rather in what the suffering would result in. See, God did for us what we could never do on our own. 
He did for us what we can never earn or deserve. That's why it's called grace. It's a free gift. God's love for us is so great that He was willing to subject His Son to unthinkable things. And here's why this is so important for us tonight. Because I know that sometime in the near future, maybe maybe it'll be next week, maybe it'll be next month, maybe it'll be next year, but you will, in some circumstance, some location, some relationship, be tempted to doubt the love of God in your life. Maybe it'll be a moment of physical suffering, and you wonder why God has allowed this pain to be your experience. Maybe it'll be in the midst of a relational disappointment, somebody that you love has turned their back on you, and you wonder why God has brought this into your life. Maybe it'll be a moment of financial difficulty, and it doesn't make any sense to you, and you wonder why, God, why is this happening? You see, Christmas time, it it can be both a joyous time, but it can also be a very hard and depressing time as well for a lot of people. Because, you see, Christmas time brings up a lot of memories of maybe family members that have left and gone on to be with Jesus. And it's hard. And so Christmas time can also be hard for people this time of year. No longer have those those people with us. Or maybe we simply look around the world we live in, seeing all the evil that is around us, and we wonder, where is God in all this? Where is His love? And it's during those moments, during those moments when you have those doubts, when you are questioning the love of God, it's in those moments when our enemy, the Satan, works his best. Like, he he comes in and he whispers in your ear, and he whispers things like, where is God's love now? He whispers things like, where is God's grace? Where is God's power? Where is your God? That's what Satan whispers during your weakest moments. Where is God? But the message of Christmas reminds us not only of God's love, but through Christmas he reminds us of how much, how much he loves us. Listen, listen, Jesus could have easily come from heaven to a palace, and that would have been an awesome sacrifice. Like Jesus could have left the glories of heaven and come down to a palace, and that would have been an amazing sacrifice for us. But Jesus didn't. Jesus left heaven to be born in a manger. He was born in a barn with animals to poor parents in an obscure, rinky-dink town called Bethlehem. Jesus wasn't exempt from the harsh realities of this fallen, broken world that we experience every single day. He knows what it's like to struggle financially because Jesus grew up poor. Jesus was born to poor parents. He knows what it's like to have sorrow. He had friends die. Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Jesus hungered was hungry, he was thirsty. Jesus knows what it's like to be despised and to be rejected. Jesus experienced the same things that we experience, and in those moments that you struggle with doubt or fear and wonder if God is even listening, I want to encourage you to rest in the gospel. To rest in the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. I want you to remember that Jesus extends grace and mercy towards you. You see, the Christmas message reminds us that Jesus identifies with your struggles. So, so, so the Christmas message is about God pursuing you in a relationship. The Christmas message is about God identifying with you in your struggles. And finally, there's one more thing I want you to see here. One more thing is that uh, I want to go back to Isaiah 53. And uh, this is what it says. It says, it pleased the Lord to crush him, putting him to grief, if he would render himself as a guilt offering. See, the Christmas message also reminds us that we have a problem. We have a problem that we can't solve. It's called sin. We can't escape it. We can't fix it. There's absolutely nothing that we can do to fix our sin. And every single person in this room, every single person on this planet has sinned. There's something broken inside of us. We need somebody to move on our behalf. We need rescued. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. Amen? We need Jesus. That's why the promise of a Savior is so beautiful. That's why Jesus is so beautiful. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's why Jesus came. It's, it's what He came to accomplish on our behalf. And so sending Jesus to earth to be born in a manger and ultimately go to the cross was the ultimate demonstration of God's faithful love towards us. Jesus is the best gift we can receive. And so think about this. If God would give us His Son in this way, if God would, would send Jesus to earth and then go to the cross and die for us, if He would do that, will He not also deliver us? Will He not also take care of us? Like, why would God send Jesus to go through all that and then turn His back on us now? Right? Why would He do that? He wouldn't do that. There, there's a great passage, there's a great scripture in Romans Chapter 8, I want to read this. It's 8.32. This is what it says. He, talking about God, who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? See, God is good. God is faithful. God is... Amazing. See, Jesus is the perfect lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He came to be the offering that would finally satisfy God's anger and wrath towards sin. That's why God was delighted in sending his son Jesus, because the sacrifice of one saves many. The sacrifice of one saves many. That was the plan from the beginning. God's love for you sent Jesus to earth to be born in a manger. God's love for you drove Jesus to the cross to die a brutal and horrific death. And God's love for you rolled away the stone from the empty tomb. And God's love, God's love continues to provide today. May we always, always celebrate the coming of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the message of Christmas. We thank you that you 
pursued us. That you sent Jesus to earth to dwell among us in the flesh. God, we thank you for that love. We thank you that you can identify with our struggles. That you have, that you did not exempt yourself from the harsh realities of this world that we live in. But that you identify with us. And, and, and most of all, God, we thank you for the cross. That you moved on our behalf. That you have rescued us from ourselves. Thank you for your grace and mercy. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. What we're going to do now is we're going to just celebrate what Jesus did for us by observing communion. And what communion is all about, I got, I got four uh, families that are going to help me out with this. We've got four stations in this auditorium right now. We've got one up here on this side, one over here on this side, and then two in the back. And depending on where you're sitting at, I want to encourage you to move in one of those four directions. Now let me say this. If you are here tonight and you are physically unable to move in one of those directions, that's okay. You stay seated and raise your hand and we will come around and serve you. Okay? Does everybody understand that? Everybody good with that? All right. Somebody's paying attention. I like it. All right, so, so here's, what, here's what communion is all about, all right? The bread that you're going to receive tonight represents Jesus' body that was broken for you on the cross. And the juice that you will receive tonight represents the blood that was shed to cover over our sins. And I just want, as you come forward, as you take that, I just want you to celebrate that. I want you to thank God for that. Thank you for, thank Him for His grace and mercy. And then just rest in the gospel, man. That's that's good news. And then there's going to be a bucket over here as well. Uh, And I want to encourage you to drop your offering in that bucket. So if you guys would do that for me uh, over the next few songs, uh, feel free to sing with the band as they sing as well. And again, if you are not physically able to get up, please remain seated and we will come around and serve you. All right? You'll raise your hand. We will come around and serve you. You guys good? You guys excited? All right. Let's do it then. Let's do it.